You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome everybody. Welcome Sid Talk. Hello. Thanks. Hello. How are you today, this fine day? Uh, great, thanks. Doing well? You? Yeah, very well. Very well. <laughs> this is all very vanilla. It's all very, um, <laughs> what do you call it? Polite. Very polite. Very polite. We're polite people, for the yeah. most part. So you what, more than me, but hey. What was happening before the show started? Um, not much. We were doing many tests of the microphones. Yes, you were doing many tests. Yeah. We weren't really having much of it before, no. No, nothing? Nothing? Um, Bula? Bula? <laughs> Bula? That's only for a select few. Nothing? Bula? Nothing. All right, so it is Saturday, April the 19th. This is After the Show, we're a movie review podcast. This is episode 681. The movie we're looking at this week is Nobody. It's a 2021 release. It's not out on Blu-ray yet, but you can stream it. Um, right now, everywhere that streaming is available. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Universal who let us watch a copy. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Nobody. He has very special skills. If you're a movie person, you probably know what that means. It's a dude. Da-da-da. And then, yeah, he has some special skills. He's had a past. Should I give you the... Uh, re- I'm sure that's exactly what it says on the box. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. On the box? It's just a two-line thing. It says... A bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord. That's not actually correct. I mean, it is, but, it that's, is, but not not. What, that's not like what starts the no. story off, which is hilarious. Yeah. See, mine was better. Mine was more intriguing. I agree yours was better Thank because you. this one sounded like they only watched the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. It's like, oh, that must be what it's about. But so. it's not. So the movie Nobody, how did we like it, Sid Talk? Uh, the hive brain? Hive mind? No, how did how you did... like it? Let me ask I question. really, really enjoyed it. And you know me. I'm not a fight scene person. I'm not a choreographed fight lover. I'm not a car chase lover. It's really super boring and not exciting at all. Like zero exciting. However... There have been a series, a couple of series of movies, and I didn't know what you told me later about this movie when I thought. What did I tell you? Well, later. I'll tell you after this. But I was watching it thinking, wow, these fight scenes, interesting, powerful. You feel like the guts of the punches. Yes, it's very violent. We'll just say that. So if you don't like violence, fictional violence, and it bothers you, uh, definitely skip over this movie. But I was thinking these fight scenes are good. I even like the way the car stuff is working. You then said it was directed by, created by, directed by? Uh, written by. Written by the person who? Wrote the John Wick trilogy. Right. And John Wick has some of that same vibe that I do like. And I don't, I'm not a violent person. I probably could be triggered into be super violent. So we don't, we don't want that to happen. But the way they do it, it's so, it's not like cartoony outrageous but it is kind of sometimes yeah but it's outrageous in a way that's like whoa and the sounds and the everything is done in a way that just really intriguing to me so i was impressed with that once i'm on board with the fight scenes 
You've usually got me, as long as the story's not horrible crap, and I didn't. I really like the story also. I mean, it's nothing new. It's no, a guy who it's... had a secret past, trying to be, you know, Mr. Dad, working the boring job. But in fact, his past um, is more interesting to him. What he did in the past is like a secret agent type of a thing. Not secret agent like Bond, but a fixer for government agencies, right? So, horrible person. We have to remind ourselves. He was yeah, horrible. He's not he a, murdered people. He did terrible things. And But for the course of the last few years of his life, he's settled down, had a wife, had the kids, tried to make it as though that's him. But and it so really pretty, isn't him, no. Exactly. Like, he can't be innocuous, boring him. He's terrible at taking the trash out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, you never suffer from that. I mean... You're Mr. Take the Trash Out the Day Before Always. He's so what they've... What they do is they have this thing, which I actually really enjoy. It's one of those mm, tropey things, I guess you could say, in movies and TV shows where they show the person doing the thing, uh, like an edit of like waking up, waking up, waking up, waking up, boring, same shit, different day, basically. Going into work, going into work, going into work, drinking the coffee, drinking the coffee. And it shows you how monotonous his life is. And one of the things is every week he seems to miss the trash. On yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday's trash day, apparently. And he always misses it. Another thing with Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, they actually have done that same setup. The episode where it starts with him and Kim brushing the teeth in uh -huh. the mirror. Yeah. And they showed you over and over and over, just so tedious. So, it's just a thing. Well, it's not just I like two. it, though. I like that. Yeah. So, this movie has, like, kind of a, quite a style to itself, too. It's, yeah. It's kind of gritty looking, like it was filmed on film. Also got the neon lights and stuff, like, that John Wick kind of has. You know? Mm -hmm. What did you think of the look? No, I like it. It didn't stand out to me the way it is to you, but... Not really. I mean, it had that vibe, You could but... tell it was, like, grimy and dirty. And there was lots of film grain, you know? They were trying to go for, like, kind of dirty and gross. <laughs> My favorite part of the whole movie, though, is there's a fight sequence in a bus... Oh, How did yeah. you like that? That was intense, and that was one of those fight scenes where I'm like, the real me, will the real me please stand up? Because I shouldn't be liking this. Obviously, it's super violent, but also it's pretty interesting, and somehow, some way, it felt like I can identify with how this guy is fighting and why he's so pissed off with these fuckers on the yeah. bus, you know? At first, you're not quite sure, are you? What is he a wuss? Like no, right I was pretty sure at the beginning. I was like, okay, so this guy's holding back something. He's That's certainly how I holding felt. back. Yeah. Because I even think Liam Neeson's special skills are nothing compared to this guy. Agree. Somebody in that room when they were writing it all down were like, okay, this guy. He Has could, to be He could the beat guy. up that guy. He's the guy they call when they want to get, get rid of Liam Neeson's guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy knows what the hell he... If no one knows what we're talking about, there's a movie called Taken. And in this movie called Taken... Uh, Liam Neeson's daughter is taken, and at some point, the criminals pick up the phone, and he says to them, you know, I have very special skills, and I will come for you. So, that's the joke when someone has sort of hidden secret skills. You're like, whoa, secret skills, special skills. And this movie kind of, like, as a nod and a wink at some things, you know, it's, yeah. it's not serious, is it? I, even though it's very violent subject matter, there's often, like, a, a joke to it, kind of, like, it's... Like, yeah. slapsticky a little bit. I mean, his dad is an old guy who's, like, kicking <laughs> ass and stuff. You know, it's like, 
It's Doc. It's comic book from Back to the Future. Yeah, That's Doc his dad. from Back to the Future. It's, it's got like a. It's never completely serious, but I guess then neither is like the John Wick series of movies. They've also got like a. They're a bit more flashy. They're a bit more. Mm. John Wick seems like he can't get hurt to me. Like it's. But this guy seemed like maybe he could if the right person came at him. You know, he doesn't feel like invincible. He's not invincible, no, 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 no. Whereas John Wick seems invincible to me. Like, there didn't seem to be any way to get rid of him. Do you think these exist in the same world? You said that. I, I don't know. I didn't even think of that. Because I didn't know it was a John Wick created thing. No, so there's, I don't know. there's some shots in this movie that are very... I know a lot... I was looking at the, you know, the interview with the director and the writer and there's a lot of stunt people and camera people and design people from the John Wick films mm. so when you look at this movie this very there's a sequence in the middle of the movie where big letters come up on the screen telling you the name of this guy yeah and then he walks across the road and he walks up to this neon lit nightclub and walks in and it's like all one shot and it's a very that was the moment where I was like, okay, there's the John Wick. That did feel John Wicky just from that one sequence. Yeah. With the guy in the pool. Like, that could be a scene from John Wick, and then next thing you know, John Wick's in there, and he's shooting <laughs> up everybody in the neon club, right? The villains in this thing are like Russian... What are they? Well, we don't know if all... The guy... Okay, here's the premise. Spoiler. The guy who is the quote-unquote bad guy is actually the guy who's in charge of all the Russian mobs or the mob, Russian Eastern European mobs, money. Literally. Yeah. Pallets full of money sitting in a warehouse with art, or some kind of fancy house with art and stuff all around it, just sitting there. So he's the bank, or he's not even the bank. He's basically in charge of it, like of all and of their money. Of wealth. So we don't know whose money that it, it could be the American government, it could be the British government, it could be James Bond's money, it could be it could be the people who run the whole thing in the John Wick universe. It could be Jason Bourne's money, right? It could be any we don't know whose money that is, but it, the guy now who's defending it is the Russian guy. Yeah. And that bad guy, they establish him pretty quick. He's psychotic. Straight. He's yeah. psychotic. Yeah, you don't want to be in his presence when he gets mad. That's I know. The, that's the deal with him. And Bob Odenkirk's character, what's his name? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Um, he's called Hutch. Yeah. It's like, a, at the beginning, it's like a slow, it is a slow rise, like where he, you know, at the beginning I was like, I'm not sure where this is going. There's a home invasion situation. Interestingly, I was just reading another interview, Bob Odenkirk actually had two home invasions at home. One that they ran out in a panic because he pressed his alarm. And the second one, he actually had a scuffle with the two people and pushed them into the basement and locked it wow. until the police came. So this part of this movie, which is the beginning part, there's a home invasion that happens with his kids and his wife there, is based upon his own thing. That must be kind of stressful when you're filming that. You know? I mean, it would... If you got... PTSD from that absolutely because yeah. everything you're talking about now is fictional but that's like real yeah you remember that night yeah in perfect detail wouldn't you when you push the guy and push the people down the stairs that's where that comes from the rest of the movie it gets a bit more it's not just a home invasion movie because this sets up like who the hell is nobody yeah exactly He's and I said to you if they make another one it should be called somebody because it really <laughs> is somebody I mean even the police people who were interviewing him on the desk at the end, 
Yep, they get a little phone call and then they're like, "It's like don't." Oh. It's basically like stop asking him questions. He's a need to know, and you yep, know, it's that let him go. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like it was a very good. It's like an origin story of this guy, but then again, it isn't, is it? Because he's been through a lot of stuff up to this point. Yeah, this is like when he's supposed to be settling down and be done with it all. But he gets pulled back in one last time. Or is it one last time? Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. Oh, sorry. I'm referring to a very bad, bad version of, right? That's number three. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Sorry, all you Godfather people. He communicates with his friend who's in hiding. The guy played by Rizza. Is his brother. Yeah. No, Rizza. Yeah, he's his brother. Did you look at the credits? His last name is the same. Right. It's his brother because there's a picture of them as children with their father. Yes, it did have a yep. picture. Yeah. All right. So how was he communicating with him? I didn't understand that. Set. He's just an open channel. Like it's open. And whenever he turn, whenever one of them turns it on and they right. start talking, if the other one has it open, they can just, it's like, like a radio, radio without, yeah, without having to push a button at, or anything. At first, I don't know if it was just me, but I was like, is this in his mind when he's in that room? Is he I, just talking to somebody who's dead? I thought the exact same did thing. Did you think the same I thing? I did, yes. Yeah. I thought he was talking to his dead friend or something, so... Or that we're going to find out he's totally mental. Yes. Like he has a mental t- problem, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that trick used before mm-hmm. where somebody is totally mental. Fight Club. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. The action is excellent. The There's a couple of twists and turns I didn't see coming. There's a bit of a Home Alone element to this, but much more violent. <laughs> well, but what did we say? Home Alone is super violent. A guy gets hit in the head with a hot freaking iron. Yeah. Right? So it is like the grown up. Yeah. Yeah. And that last Rambo movie we saw was also Home Alone Rambo yes. edition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone, uh, that concept of like the bad guys are coming and you set up booby traps. It's never really going to get old because it's always fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not fun. Not and it fun makes for us all want to be that. Yeah, I want all... to be the person who's brave enough and smart enough, <laughs> clever enough, and the homeowner who has all the shit prepared. Every, you know, jars full of nails. And he had, well, he had a whole factory there at the end that he could source from. I do like in this movie where in the middle of the movie, that bad guy says, yeah, send all the best men, just go and get him. Like, And this this movie doesn't mess around either. It's like straight into the action. Like it's... yeah. So he sends the people in the car and they all, they've all got like assault rifles and banaclavas and combat gear and they walk in and he just does them all. He just, he just, you know, he does a John Wick basically, doesn't he? Yep. On every single one of them. And I was like, this really went from like, you know, one to a hundred. <laughs> there was a home invasion and he was like, oh, I shouldn't really do anything. Well, he was like, I shouldn't really do anything because he didn't want to like show who he was, right? Exactly. He's trying to suppress his real self. I think we have that in a lot of, well, not just new, but like even um, Unforgiven. You know, Clint Eastwood, he used to be like badass gunfighting. We don't know for sure how bad he was, but he has, since his wife died out there in the horrible plains, he's just suppressed all that and so he's a guy with special skills too, remember? Because when the shit hits the fan and he's coming for you, they're all terrified yeah that's true unforgiven the uh yeah. guy with special skills <laughs> yeah he's not that's not him it's not liam neeson no but uh it's <laughs> just a, well yeah gran torino guy has some special skills again too. exactly so it's not a new idea but i do like it almost every time because the concept they're kind of portraying is this guy's trying like and we all do it right i'm not the same i'm the same person 
as I was in my 20s, but I really don't do the same things. I make very, very different choices than I did back in my 20s. But her, she, my 25-year-old self, my 22-year-old self, my 19-year-old self, she's still in here. But I, she's suppressed because her choices would be very bad. There would not be a house. There wouldn't be a mortgage. There wouldn't be a you in my life. There wouldn't be a job full-time that I've had for 21 years. None of that would exist if the 20-year-old in me was allowed to make all the choices. So I think we all sort of kind of like that, not that it was his glory days, but he seems to remember it fondly, right? That's, the, that's really him. And so it's the same thing. Like, I had a shitload of fun in my 20s, like a lot. Not the good kind of fun always, but a lot of fun. And it was free. And I was like, had no, felt no obligation to anybody or anything at any time. So that, it like, it's a little tiny piece of you. Like he was describing there at the end, you know, the piece of me that does, that was holding together the two kids in the household facade. It's, it's fine. It's there. It's real. And he still loves these family. Exactly. It's just that the other part of me is the, like the whole of me. So I like that. I um, also made a special point. The music in this movie is kind of cool. They use mm -hmm. like old songs, like songs from the 60s and... 80s. There's 80s in there. Yeah, there was... I, I was thinking of, um, you know, You'll Never Walk Alone by Jerry and the Pacemakers. That yeah. was in there. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. That one was in there. It uses a very like stylistic choice of music and mm -hmm. they really fit well with the scenes. You know, it even starts with that. Pulp Fiction has that kind of music, and that is what I got the vibe of. It might have been intentional. I don't know, but I liked it. Good soundtrack. All right, moving on to the cast of this fine movie. It's got a good cast, actually. Bob Oldenkirk as Hutch Mansell. What do you think of Bob? Oh, I always like him. I mean, you've not seen him in a ton, to be honest, right? No, just Saul. And Breaking Bad. Yeah. And uh, Better Call Saul... I love that program. I like it better than Breaking Bad. Is that an unpopular opinion? I love that program. You sound like my grandpa. <laughs> What's I, that program that's on later? I tune into the program on the <laughs> Goggle Box. What, what on the, the BBC One in 1845. <laughs> <laughs> I like the program. I uh, wait for the pro proper correct programming <laughs> to be shown to me. That's funny. Yeah, Better Call Saul, I like it better than Breaking Bad. I um, think Saul is a better character than Walter. Whoa, them's fighting words right there. It is. Most people wouldn't agree, Shiza. I guess. But I agree with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love Saul. He's really cool. And uh, I couldn't get away with seeing Saul in this movie a lot, you know? You couldn't get away with Saul? I mean, I couldn't get past... I, I, I kept seeing Saul, like... Oh, couldn't get away from it. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that was a bad thing, because I like Saul. Mm -hmm. A lot of actors are playing... I don't know. It's not very dissimilar from Saul, this character. I mean, it's got a, more skills than Saul. Yeah. In the combat department. But he's got some hidden self. Yeah. And he, he knows how to... F like, Saul's the same, but in more of a less combative way. He'll still figure his way out of a situation. He, he might not be as violent and crazy as this guy. Yeah. You know, I see similarities. But he's also very protective of his... People. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, again, in it. People were like, in back in the day... Liam Neeson for an action hero? What? But then when you watch him as an action hero, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. This is the same thing. You're like, Bob Odenkirk, what? 
I mean, oh. just give them special skills and they're fine. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to be the most muscly. <laughs> Rack up the special skills and write it all down on paper. Like this guy, one time back in, you know, 1987, he had to build a bomb shield out of a piece of plexiglass and an IUD. IUD. IED. My, my apologies. <laughs> Not an IUD. That's a whole different thing. So we're going to patch that in here. Uh, Connie Nielsen plays his wife, Becca Mansell. What did you think of Connie? Um, they didn't give her much to do. She's sort of like the long-suffering wife a little bit, kind of bland. And I did want, you know, I would have liked a uh, more of a conclusion with them both at the end, which they didn't really. You didn't see her. She disappeared and then you didn't see her again. I was okay with that. I mean, I felt like, I mean, I feel like when the family goes off and someone says go somewhere safe, yeah. they're never safe, right? No. So they're either in the clutches of some horrible, wretched, bad person, or something bad has happened to them. They're never actually safe. Who else did they have? Christopher Lloyd, David... Oh, that, that, that's one of the kids. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, sorry, no, Christopher Lloyd's the dad, sorry. Christopher David Lloyd's Manson. the grandpa, yeah. Yeah. And he's like crazy old grandpa, dad. Uh, he's he was got, an FBI agent. He's got special skills. Yep. But he's old in, a, in an old person's home. <laughs> but he still can handle himself. Correct. And then Rizza plays Henry Mansell. He's from the Wu-Tang Clan, Sid Talk. Okay. Yeah, you say that because you know I won't know that. Uh, that is exactly that's, right. That's fair. <laughs> but he's also been in other movies. He's, he's a, good. He's friends with Tarantino. Yeah, he's, he's very good in this, but very shortly. Mm -hmm. is, I mean, he's the voice, like I said earlier, the voice on the open channel. I knew it was him, just from the voice. I mean, I saw... Rizza, I saw it was in the opening credits. Right. So, um, but then when he appears, you know, he gets to be in some badass fighting sequences. But it's really, it's brief, isn't it? He's not in it a long time. Because the takeaway then is, Dad was a badass. FBI agent would have been his cover, maybe. Maybe he also had special skills back in the day. Yeah. And the two sons have then also followed through somehow, and one of them is in actual hiding, like maybe witness protection yeah, program I think or so, something. Yeah. And then the other one has also sort of taken his leave to hide in this, you know, neighborhood suburbia kind of thing. So it's a family ordeal. And it's one cool, it's one thing where I would really like to see how it all came about. Like, I, I would like to see their, you know, progression, what, mm. whatever it was. Why he, why the Riz is in hiding and why... Mm, you why, mean like an or actual origin story. Yeah, even Dad's in hiding, kind of. Because he's got the... He's just in that place, isn't he? To he's be... in a nursing home. So. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't know if he's he in He didn't look like he needed to be in the nursing home. You know? <laughs> well, a little bit. <laughs> Let's be honest. A little bit. So this is directed by Ilya Nashula. He's a Russian director. And he's famous for the movie Hardcore Henry, which you, I don't think you've seen it. Hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you what Hardcore Henry is, and then you'll tell me that you'd never want to see it. Okay. Because it's a movie... That's filmed entirely in first person, like a video game, mm, and yeah. it stars the the lead guy from District Nineteen. You know that mm. that guy. Yeah. But the whole movie's through his eyes. You don't see him. Like it's him running. Like, and it's a violent John Wicky type action movie. But it's all first person. Yeah, I feel it like you might sound be... appealing. No, it looked cool from the trailer, but I feel that it, the motion sicknessy type deal might. Kick in on that one. Yeah. But that's the movie he's famous for, Hardcore Henry. And the writer of this movie is the creator of the John Wick movies um, as well. 
which you'll definitely notice when watching this. So what do you think of the directing? I mean, it's just a powerful action. Not powerful like life-changing, powerful as in like there's lots of power scenes, right? The hero moments of when he says, I'm going to fuck you up in the bus. And then he's like, sorry for the mess. And these are all things where you have these big set pieces and I think they're done. Directed in a way that's just like, bam, 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 bam. You know, that could also be editing, but. Yeah. And choreography is very good. Like mm -hmm. it, it's just a lot of the people who did the choreography is the John Wick people too. So when he does that fight on the bus, and I have to say, Bob Odenkirk did an amazing job on mm -hmm. that. And it didn't look like fake Bob Odenkirk a lot. It didn't. It looked like he was doing it. Yeah. So I was into that. Because I don't even know if you could get away with fake Bob Odenkirk in a very <laughs> confined space like that. You would notice a lot. Good job. Good job, Bob. IMDb reviews. What are those? IMDb reviews. It's right there in the title. But what you do is you find the one star reviews and then you read them because you want to make fun of them when you actually like the movie and these people sound like they're very wrong but when you dislike the movie they sound very correct yeah and i really like this movie a lot so we'll go into this these are the people who don't like this movie here's a few of them anyway first guy says this is just a copycat of john wick which was already the most dull boring movie <laughs> really right. just the most story bold this one literally takes shamelessly everything from John Wick except the dog and replaces that with a cat. Even the vintage sports car is in it. The only good thing about Nobody is the fact that it is 90 minutes. I couldn't tell you why I made it to the end. Maybe out of respect for Doc Brown. Still, <laughs> Odenkirk is a great actor but deserves a lot better. Okay. That's number two guy says... I love Bob Odenkirk and wanted to love this, just did not come across as viable or within the realm of possibility. It's fiction. Yes. And it's a, <laughs> Hello, it's it's a fantasy, like a fulfillment fantasy thing, isn't it? Exactly. Like, that's what it is. It's not supposed to be like based on real life. And I can, I can always accept that. It, you know, if I am on board with the story, like I can accept the story, what we're being told. I'm good with that. And I, that's how I felt about this one. This guy says, Big fan of Bob, but this is a disgrace. I actually laughed all the way through it. I thought it was a satire. Awful. Well, it, well, it is kind of a satire yeah. in, a little bit, in a way. It's not supposed to be taken fully seriously. It's not a documentary. No. <laughs> what do these people think? What are they, they thinking? They don't understand what's going on in life. <laughs> That, well, that is a heavy judgment statement right there. This, you just don't know what's going on. This guy says, this movie was pointless. The story was not realistic. The dialogue felt awful. The action was very subpar. I spent most of the time rolling my eyes. You can totally tell this was by the, from the same people as the horrible John Wick films. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And then he says, nobody should see this. Bum, bum, bum. See what he did? Yeah. See what he did? I got it. Good stuff. All right, so they're the people who didn't like it. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. <laughs> Sheesh. I'm going fairly high because of... Now, my scoring system might confuse some people. It confuses me. It's not in, <laughs> it's not in comparison to all films and all cinema of all time, whereas you would have a completely different scoring system. And I think impossible. If you think you've picked the number one film 
of all time, you're incorrect. Mine is more like this movie, now I know what it is. Where does it fit in the scale of all the other movies of its type to me? Now you could say, well, as an action movie, it's not as good as Bourne or it's not as good as Wick or whatever, but I kind of put it in its own category. So I'm giving it a 7.8. Nice work. It's good. It is very it's good. It's not life-changingly good, but it's good. It's fun. It's, again, violent. So don't be offended if we've told you it's violent and then you watch it and you're like, it's too violent. Yeah, we, yeah, we know. All right, so movie recommendations. I'm going with a fun, violent movie, <laughs> which also has the guy from District 19 in it. District 9, sorry, in it. And that is Free Fire. Do you remember that one? With Brie Larson. Oh, maybe. They're all stuck in a warehouse. Yes. Oh, it's that like was a, a while ago. Yeah, it's like a thing. It's like a one-place movie. They're mm -hmm. in. They all have to go to this warehouse to confront each other, and then there's a shootout in a warehouse that is yeah. very John Wicky. John Wicky Wicky. And Brie Larson. Uh, it was before Brie Larson was Captain Marvel and all that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Free Fire. I recommend it. And my other one is the TV program, Better Call Saul. Nice. Early next year will be the final season. There are four seasons already. If you haven't seen it and you're a Breaking Bad fan, but you've got that. I see a lot of these Breaking Bad people who are like, I'm not watching a spin-off. It isn't really like a spin-off. It's like its own thing. It is a spin-off, though. Technically, it is. Technically, yes. it is. But yeah, it's a character that was born on another but show. But they're in the uh, mind of that is not going to be good. But I'm telling you, it's very good, if not better. Yeah, than... talk to the people who like Mork and Mindy more than they like Happy Days, because Mork is from Happy Days. If, is, it, if, you, if it's a shock to you, it is you not... didn't know, not you, to the world, the people mm. listening, if you didn't know that Mork of Mork and Mindy was originally from one episode, well, two-part episode, so it's two episodes, but you know, back in the day they do continued after, I guess that's their cheap way of making an extra long episode. He was born on Happy Days and then was so popular and Robin Williams was so popular, they made a whole show just about Mork. Yes, they did. And uh, that's also happened other times too, right? With other things. Sure. I'm assuming. Well, that's up Frasier. Frasier's from Cheers. That is true. And Frasier went on to be just as popular as Cheers, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so I don't they, know if did anybody from Friends ever get their own show? Joey, my friend Joey. I feel like maybe? Joey. There was a show called Joey that was really short lived. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it did. Wasn't well. that called Top Gear? Bum bum bum. Da -da -da. <clears throat> All right. So, what are your uh, recommendations? Mine are going back to the eighties. I'm in the year nineteen eighty one still. It's just from the list of movies I've seen, and the movies this week are Bustin' Loose. Speaking what of what is that all about? Speaking of Clint Eastwood, I don't remember. And Clash of the... I just know I've seen it, because <laughs> it's on my list. It's and a, Clash of the Titans. Is Busting Loose... Did you say Clint Eastwood? I think so. And it's a comedy, right? Well, now I'm going to have to look it up. Busting It's not loose. the one with the... No, that's Only Which Way But Loose. That's the oh, one Oh, you're the, right. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Only Which Way But Loose is the one with the orangutan called Clyde, I believe. Busting... Oh, I was so wrong. But right. yeah. This is why I have to question you. <laughs> It's Richard Pryor and Cicely Tyson. Right. So, yes. And I what's this one about? It's just a wack, one of those wacky comedies with Richard Pryor. Right. Never trust Sid Talk's um, <laughs> presser on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's a road trip kind of a thing. He's supposed to be in prison or on parole or something like that. So, oh. there you go. Is it like Stir Crazy? Um, it has the same vibe. Yeah. Right. Back in the day, you know. 
right. They are and Clash of the Titans. The original or the Liam Neeson one? The Clash of the Titans? Yeah. The original. The original was 1981. Yes. The original yeah. with the uh, stop motion animation. Yes, yeah. exactly. I like that one quite a lot. All right. So Ace Scully stuff this week. I've been playing one game, and that is Control Ultimate Edition. I've talked about it a few times, right? A few, yes. It is a uh, game. I've explained it last week. Anyway, I finished it this week. Finished the story. But then at the end, it kind of faked me out. It rolled the credits and then the credits kind of all got gabbled and then it went back into the game and there was a whole lot more of the game to play. I still haven't finished it. Yeah, because I remember, I remember when this all happened. You're like, I'm done. Wait, I'm not done. Oh, I'm done. Oh, wait, I'm not done. Yeah, it had like fake endings. And then there was more stuff. And then there's the DLC, which I am about... I think I'm about five minutes away from the end of the DLC. Like I say, it was free on PlayStation Plus earlier this year on PS5. One of the things I really like about it is its implementation of the PS5 controller, which I didn't talk about. Whenever you walk in this game, you know, like you're running along, you can feel the pitter-patter of footsteps in the controller. <laughs> because uh, the new controller, it doesn't just have a rumble motor in either side. So like older controllers, all they can do is rumble on one side, right, or rumble on left. And they can do three varying rumbles, low, medium, or high. Well, the PlayStation 5 controller has haptic feedback, so it can do way more than just these three rumbles. It can do, like, very tiny rumbles, and it can do them in different places on the controller, including the middle of the controller. One of the best things I've uh, experienced on that is when it starts raining in a certain game, you can feel the pitter-patter of rain in the controller, and it's like everywhere you know it's like it feel it's a weird thing because you're looking at rain on the screen and you're feeling your controller just kind of tapping everywhere and you can feel the taps of rain well this game does that with uh, footsteps whenever you're running you can feel like left right left right and then she turns around it kind of goes you can feel that she's turning around in the controller ah. it's real bizarre it's subtle, but when you're doing it, it's like, wow, that's really cool. They had to really think about that and program it in to do it. But my favorite one is Rain in the controller, which is, there's a game that comes with the PlayStation 5 called Astro Bot, and uh, that has a whole thing where rain is falling, a whole level, and you feel the rain in the controller. And the controller makes a rain noise as well. So uh, it's a pretty cool controller. I showed you this week, didn't I, about how the triggers stiffen up. Yes. It's really a new thing. It's a brand new thing. It's never been in gaming. The triggers can stiffen. They can make the triggers harder to press on command. So if the, if the game, say the game's got different guns that you pick up, like a pistol, it might be easier to pull the trigger than a big sniper rifle. That might require some pressure to pull it. So they use it in that way. But they also use it for puzzles and stuff, like maybe you've got a metal detector and you're pulling the trigger, and you can pull the trigger, it feels hard to pull. And then when it starts slipping and gets easy to pull, that's where your treasure is. So they're using it in really some genius ways. So that's how the controller works. And that's all I've been playing, Control Ultimate Edition. So what's for dinner, Sitov? What do you want? I want a sandwich from uh, somewhere that we don't mention. We don't mention. <laughs> sometimes they get it wrong, sometimes they get it right. About 40% of the time they get it wrong. 40% of the time they get it right every time. <laughs> No, 60% of the time, <laughs> they get it right every time. Sometimes it's completely right, but it's really small. Yeah, that was that's weird. It's Sometimes like the it's person big. 
Okay. It's a sandwich shop. <laughs> I get it. It's not the most glamorous job. It's a pain in the ass, but it's your job, right? I've had lots of jobs. I've worked in grocery stores, bartended. I've been a nanny. I've sold live bait for God's sake, right? I've pumped gas and sliced meat for sandwiches. I've been the person who fries the chicken in the back room of a grocery store. Horrible, disgusting job, but they're paying you for your time and to do the thing as well as you can, right? To get the task completed. Your task when you work in a sandwich shop is to put together these ingredients on some bread and hand it to a person. You're basically making their meal for them. It could be their favorite meal of their whole life. Like every week, this is the one sandwich. This is what they look forward to. Their whole life sucks ass, right? But every week they either sneak off to this place and get their sandwich or they are like, this is it. Every Friday I get my treat, my favorite sandwich, and you're the one making it for them. Everybody else can be an asshole. I get it. People are terrible. I understand. But your job that you get paid for is to make that sandwich to the best of your ability with the best ingredients, hand it to the person, they trade you some money, and at the end of the week, you get some money for doing that. It's a super simple equation. You don't have to lick everybody's ass. You don't have to be super happy all the time. But you can do the task correctly with some amount of pride that when you look in the bin of bread and you see that most every other bread sandwich I'm making has a piece of bread that's this long and this wide and this thick, and that's the standard, right? That's the standard of quality we're going for. But oh, I just picked up a very shitty piece of bread that's half the size, falling apart, flimsy piece of shit bread that the trash can's right there. But fuck everybody. I'm going to give this guy this sandwich on the shitty bread. <laughs> like, that's how I feel like it happens. That's not you doing your job, right? That's you being a dick. Yeah. Or a asshole. We'll say asshole. It's non-gender specific, right? So you're just being a jerk. Or you're lazy. Or you just don't care. You have no pride in the eight hours or ten hours that you're using of your life at this job, right? I'm going to sound morbid. But that day of, at your job, that could be the last day of your life. That does sound morbid. It is morbid, but wait, there's more. It could be the last day. And as you drive away, something terrible could happen. You're on your way home. You're just bitching and moaning how shitty the day was and terrible. And you fucked this guy and you gave him the shitty bread. Ha ha ha. And this lady didn't want jalapenos, but she's always a jerk. So I put jalapenos on there. And this guy doesn't like mustard, but I snuck some mustard on there. Like, that's what you've done all day. Just this is jerk. quite the day. It is. <laughs> And then something terrible, horrible happens, and that's it. That's how you invested. You lived the last moments and hours of your entire life. That's the end of your story. The end, close, book done. Funeral's going to happen, and that was the last of you. Like, is that the best of you? Giving the guy the shitty bread? Like, that's the pride of your life, and I'm not saying... Walk into your sandwich shop job or any other job that people think are shitty and just be like, I'm doing the greatest thing in the world. But the thing is, I've gone to shitty doctors who don't know what they're talking about and they act like jerks. And I've been to car mechanics who are jerks. I've talked to people who are solving bigger problems in the world who are just assholes and they don't, they don't know everything either. Just because you're making a sandwich and you're comparing it to a rocket scientist or a person who's curing cancer or somebody who's making a shitload of money investing in the stock market, and you think, oh, my sandwich job is so stupid and shitty and unimportant. I don't care. Well, in fact, that's not correct. Like every single thing that we all do that's producing or making or adding to everybody's day is important. And you don't know, 
like I said before, that that's not somebody's walking in that door and they are just, they're fed up. Who knows what day they've had or week they've had. And this sandwich (laughs) that you're about to make is like, they're going to either sit in their car and eat it, which I find really weird when I see people doing that, or they're going to go home, unwrap that sandwich in front of their TV or their computer and have a break from whatever things are going on in their life. And that sandwich is going to add to them feeling better. And why not give them the best bread you have instead of the shittiest bread that you have? Now, anybody would have thought that is your advice for this week. Because we were just talking about what we're having for dinner. So what was your actual (laughs) advice? (laughs) We'll take some of that. And, um, well, I guess you could blend them together. But, you know, there's always a, a path for everything in life, right? There's a path. There's somebody's created a way that you're supposed to do everything. There's a way you're supposed to have a family and you're supposed to do your job and you're supposed to go to college and if you decide to delve into any particular career or activity, there's a, a, a package deal that comes with a very clear path. You follow this path and you will be that thing at the end. I just think, because I'm thinking about right now a certain thing I'm doing and there is a path to it. There's a very specific style and a package of how you're supposed to do it. And I'm perfectly capable of doing that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to step just to the side of the path, right? So it's in sight. I can see all the little, the points of interest that you're supposed to follow and go along with. And I can pluck a couple of those as I'm taking my own little path over here parallel to that. I'm not going off like, woo, like completely out of to where you can't even recognize what I'm doing because that would be pointless, right? But make my own little stepping stone path. And I'll tell you what it is. Like I've worked in the same job for 21 years. And over time, you know, I've been a supervisor for many years and you get the incremental pay raises and all that. And I've decided to ask for a pay raise. Now, this is very delicate territory right now. It's not a great time for any organization of any kind, right? To throw money at people. But mine is very specific. Someone with the exact same job title as me gets paid more because they have had additional tasks added to their job that no one else in our group does, in our group of the same position, right? So that person got a pay raise based on additional task. I do additional tasks that I have been given over the years. I do not have the same pay as that person. And so I decided I'm going to write the letter, the little email that says I'm requesting, officially requesting a pay raise based on not, you're not supposed to talk about the other person or anybody else. So I'm, I'm going along with that part of the path. You're supposed to outline what you do for the organization. I think it's obvious because I'm awesome, but you know, you got to write it down. And then it's also like, you're not supposed to be funny or add any charm or wit or all these things. I've looked it up all over the internet, all these different articles and stories about how you're supposed to write a pay raise request. And I get it. That's a path, right? All the people in the positions who will be reading this are probably following their own path. And if someone goes off of it, eh, you might be a little shaky ground or whatever. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm taking my own little path. I'm going to add in the things that make it me. If they choose to ignore it, I'm cool with that because it's not like I need extra money. I'm just making a point. If I do not get the pay raise, that's cool. The formula is this. I continue to do the tasks if I get the pay raise. If I do not, these tasks will be allocated to someone else, not me. It's very simple. It's super simple. So that's kind of the bottom line. But again, me saying, kind of laying down this rule, I'm not supposed to do that either. I'm going to do it. Because what's the worst that can happen? You got fired. 
I will not get fired. The worst that can happen is, that, why would you think that? Well, that's, that's the worst thing that can happen in a job, right? No, you can't get fired for asking for a raise unless you just refuse to do any of your job. <laughs> See that's that's no the I path. didn't I didn't mean you to get that's fired the for path asking they for a want rent. you that's how they keep you on the path is fear and I'm not afraid of anybody or anything I don't want to offend anyone intentionally or cause anyone like oh god now we're gonna have to go through a whole rigmarole because of this stupid email about a raise or whatever even that I'm not that concerned about but I'm still gonna do it my way while still keeping in sight and using. You know, like I said, the little markers, the little highway markers of the path. So we'll see how it goes. All right. I'll let you know if that was good or bad advice. Well done. Yeah, don't take that advice until further notice. <laughs> yeah, don't do, don't do this specific thing, no. All right, so you can catch us on ascully.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The podcast is on anchor.fm slash after the show. It's also on iTunes, Spotify, all the places you can get a podcast. Email feedback to me at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk, because she really hates you all. I don't actually hate anybody. And stay classy, Mr. Better Call Saul himself, Bob Odenkirk. Good job. Bob. I really, I would really like to see a sequel to this movie. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>